Yeah. Cool. Ready to start now? Yeah, whenever, whenever you're ready, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we can do the point where I'm tired and now like you start doing silly stuff. <laughs> Oh, this is the best time. It is the best time. It's the, oh. it's the, it's the, it's like that week away time, where you're like tired and playing board games and just losing it. Like, yes. Yeah. Good thing I've only got a gathering. Here. I know. Maybe until ten thirty at night. Mm, that's oh, right. Man, I still haven't caught up since last weekend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Chip Lunch Podcast. Uh, we're here in the Third Space Studio. We're here with uh, some esteemed guests, uh, and I'm an esteemed host. <laughs> we Braden, Braden, welcome back. Yeah, welcome to our Liverpool FC yes, podcast. Yes, like, <laughs> football opinion podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you should uh, make them play better. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, our guest today, go Braden, you, you introduce him. Uh, the lovely Jai McMorty. Yep. Thank you and very much. usually you say people say the lovely just to sound like they like the person. I actually, I like really this like person. this person. Oh, <laughs> 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 yes. Welcome, Joy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We've actually it's two. Well, we are pastors, Braden, you and I, but we've had we? <laughs> two official pastors. <laughs> I would say we had Karen last week, and then we've right. got Joy, our now church planting pastor, planting yes. pastor. Yeah, I plant churches. Yeah, I, and, I plant and plants. plants. And plants. <laughs> you no, actually, are, I don't. Actually. Yes, uh, vegetation. Anyway, planning. You're a planning <laughs> pastor yep. of Sorrowville Church. The yes. planning pastor of Sorrowville Church. Yes. And it's lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, are you ready for the questions? No, but let's go anyway. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, our first question that we ask everyone because of the Chip Lunch podcast is, "How do you like to have your hot chips?" Hot. Yep. Everyone's starting to make that joke now, aren't they? Um, no, I um, actually. I don't like salt on them. Oh, I'm a no salter. Gone. No salt at all. No salt at all. We've had oh. one other person say that. Who was that? Amy, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. That's okay. I went through phases of chicken salt, and yeah. then salt, and then. But yeah, I, I reckon no salt. So you have to make a special order like no salt on the chips. Sometimes. Made? Well, they say do you want chicken or plain. I said no. I, I want no. None. I want the third option. None. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How about no? Okay, wow. uh, sauce so of any kind. If you've got like, having any salt, uh, I don't normally have salt uh, sauce. Oh no, wow. no sauce. Just plain chips. Yeah, just plain chips. So like why not just eat chips. a potato? Because it's not deep fried in the fatty goodness <laughs> of the deep fried. <laughs> that's it's true, very true. <laughs> I just I just like the the oiliness and thin cut or uh, large uh, wider cut. What's your um, preference? The best hot chips ever were K and M. Yeah, oh, so back many in the people day. Yes. brought that up. Yep. Um, and they were good no matter what you put on them. Yeah, <laughs> they're even better with a bit of sweet chili and sour cream, even. Oh, oh yes. like those wedges. Yeah. Almost. yeah, well, that's what they were. They're so that was sick. So yeah. They were like wedges. That's so so good. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Were, I reckon they were the best chips. Really, they were nice thick chunky ones. Yeah, nice one. And gluten free. And they were gluten free. Yeah. Were they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keegan could eat them. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Keegan, for finding that. Shout out! <laughs> Shout yeah. out to our friend, celiac. friendly celiac, celiac <laughs> friends. <laughs> our celiac. <laughs> Shout out to all the celiacs out there. Try. <laughs> <laughs> the next question is, how did you become a Christian? Uh, I like this story because I know it a little bit, but I want to hear it from, straight well, from can, the horse's mouth. You can correct me when I get it. No, right. no, no, no. Um, how did I become a Christian? Well, uh, I didn't come a Christian until uh, much later in life, so mm. probably, I think it was around about 19, 
Yeah, about so it was after high school, and um, the soccer team I was playing with at the time was sponsored by a Gummy Hotel, Gummy Pub. So we used to go up there on a Saturday for drinks because that's. Like after, after the game? After the game, yeah. Not before the game. Um, <laughs> well, some people probably did. Some probably did, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so part of the sponsorship was we got a free round, so we used to go up there. Um, and I had a whole bunch of friends in high school because uh, in year 10, all my mates went and did trades and so I moved oh. to a different friendship group and all those guys, were uh, most of them were Christians and so they, um, they were on me you know, every week about going to church and going to youth group and blah, blah, blah. And I would tell them what I thought about going <laughs> to church and youth group in unpleasant ways um, and with language that I'm not very uh, uh, impressed with that I used. Um, but, um, and so, yeah, so one night, one Saturday night, I wasn't drinking because I had to play for another, I had to play um, for a Premier League uh, one team on the next day, on the Sunday. And so I was walking home, had to walk past Guy Meringlican which is where uh, Solis was back in the day. And then I uh, saw some friends from high school walking in and they said, hey, why don't you come in? And every other time I'd come up with a good excuse not to go in. And in that moment, I could not think of one for the life of <laughs> is me. Is that because you had a few drinks or was that? It was probably because I hadn't had a few drinks. <laughs> and <laughs> I wasn't, my, my sort of uh, smartness wasn't kind of uh, dialed up enough. <laughs> and so I didn't have anything. And so I went, okay, and wandered in and, sat up the back and listened to, um, you know, some of the stuff going on. I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. And uh, heard Stu talk about how uh, God is our Father and he loves us and how much he loves us by sending his son Jesus for us. And because of where my family situation was at that time, uh, I re- that really resonated quite a lot with me because I felt like even within my family, I was not part of my family and... Um, loved but not loved and not feeling those things and feeling very um, sort of uh, alone in the world, I guess. And so hearing those words really were kind of life-changing. And so I came back a few more times and, and then gave my life to the Lord and mm. uh, sat at the back of Guy Anglican Church with Stu and prayed and was so excited that I ran around the block <laughs> because I couldn't think of any other way to it. I was much fitter then, much, yeah. much fitter, and couldn't, couldn't, uh, yeah, couldn't think of a better way to. I was just, I just, I was just buzzing, and so didn't know what to do. I was going to punch somebody or run, so I ran. I think it's probably a safer option. <laughs> is that what you used to do? Is punch people when oh, you're excited? Yeah, that was. I was really. Oh no, I was really, really aggro and aggressive. Okay, um, and that was one of the things that I had a number of conversations with God when thinking about becoming a Christian, it's like, God, if I'm going to do this, you've got to get my swearing, you've got to get my anger, and you've got to get my drinking all sorted. Because if none of those, if, if even one of those things continue, I'm not going to last, and this is not going to happen. And to this day, I haven't sworn since that day. So that's over 20 years ago. Um, drinking, you know, I have a glass of wine here and there, various mm. things. Um, and I like to think that I'm not too aggro. <laughs> Try to, I think I'm more patient than I don't my know. wife would say that I'm pretty patient. So yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen you be that aggressive. As well, someone, yeah, I've never seen you play competitive football. So that's uh, normally yeah. some people get. Well, white I've, white I've, white I've played with you, and I, I think you're competitive, yeah. but I don't think you're yeah. aggressive. Yeah, I think I like overly aggressive. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the on the sport field that was that took a little bit longer to work out the competitive versus yeah. aggression. Mm. Um, but yeah. But yeah, but I think that's a like trouble for a lot of people when they're younger, though. That that competitive sporting environment, 
I remember like took me ages to figure that out. And yeah. my my problem was I wasn't that talented either. <laughs> Joy on the other hand. Well, it's just oh, like yeah. yeah. You just said you were playing Premier League, which is not, oh, the, not the English Premier League. But no, it was, no, definitely not. It, that's the top level in the Southern Shire. Like oh, in, club, in, in, club. in amateur yeah, yeah, yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's still yeah. that's still a good level. It's, it was okay. Yeah. yeah. The um, But yeah, it was, and I think too, like I would play with a few church teams as well, like soccer, and, and that was, you saw these nice, gentle, meek and mild kind of guys just blow yeah. up on the <laughs> soccer field. Like a, white, yeah. white, a white line fever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Kind of, yeah. kind of kicked in, and yeah, actually, I'd much rather play with the, Christ- the non-Christian team sometimes. Yeah, it would, <laughs> like, but it is even like you play against non-Christian teams, and we might be getting too much into football chat, but like there are people that are—that's their only outlet for their anger. Like mm. the only way they're letting those emotions out is they often ended up being that, through that white line fever, and yeah, and either hurting people or being too aggressive or really. Very shouty. You get those yeah. shouty players oh, yeah. that are yeah. just yeah, and yeah, shouting I the referee and stuff. Yeah, I think I just like bring like yeah. Even if you're not interested in football, I'm just bringing it up because I think for me as a young person, I'm like, don't have to be so upset about this. Like, yeah, it's it's meant to be fun. Yeah, like, yeah. I I was listening to something recently where someone was reflecting on the fact that he supported a very bad team and he goes along and he stresses out on all these things and he's like. I get home and I need to remind myself that it's meant to be entertainment. Mm. And I think it's just, it's an interesting thing to reflect on. It took me yeah. a long time to get, like, we all love football. All three of us love football. Yeah. And it's a shared experience that we have because we also support the same team in Liverpool. But we, even when I started coaching at the Sunderland Shire, a lower Sunderland Shire level than PL1s that you were talking about, Joy, it took me a long time to get over the fact if we lost. Mm. And which was, you know... I think I am very competitive, but now it's the same thing as like I can be as competitive as I can and within like being fair, but then also at the end, like the result maybe doesn't define the rest of the next three days for me. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. took me a long time to yeah. get past that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, definitely. Especially having kids, like to, to show that it doesn't affect you for a long time. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find, so you said you went along to church once. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big step. I think a lot of, People, mate, you said you couldn't think of a reason why not to go. And I think that happens to a bunch of people. Like, what was your mindset after the first time? And what made you actually come back? Like, what was, what was, do you remember the second time going back to church? Mm. Yeah. So, oh, so I went to youth group. So is it like a young adult? Okay, it's kind yeah. of not church. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to church. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, the first, you yeah, know, um, when I went there, um, the, I think coming back the second time was, Again, I was I was asked at the end of the night, so you want to come back next week, and I couldn't. Uh, I didn't yeah. want to be disrespectful and yeah. like, um, and said, "Oh yeah, okay." And then I, you know, I was brought up to if you say yes to do so, like if you commit to something, you do it. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, I've committed now. I don't really want to go, mm. but I said that I would." Yeah. And so yeah, so the second time was more out of obligation. Yeah. Than a desire to want to go. <laughs> Were you glad that you made yourself go? Um, I think when I got there, I was surprised that it wasn't yeah. as bad as I thought oh, it was okay. going to be. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you know, I think the I don't know, it was the second week, or the th- yeah, I remember the second week. Like I, it was a band night, and there's just like it was yeah. like band nights anywhere that I'd been, but not out at a pub or something like that. Yeah, um, it was just as crazy and raucous and those sorts of things. So it was yeah. kind of like, oh, these Christians don't have two heads and <laughs> do weird things and. Um, 
so yeah, so it was a bit of a, it was a surprise. I think more so the second time than the first. Yeah. Do you think your friends were surprised that you came? Um, I found out later that many of them were still pr- had been praying. Wow. For a long time for me, and still were. That's um, cool. And that was that was quite. Like I heard that after, uh, probably about a year or two after actually becoming Christian, that was quite surprising and amazing all at the same time. Um, that considering how I treated them and my response to their, their invite to go to church, yeah. the fact that they still prayed was mind-blowing. That's what I was going to ask you, though. Um, what was your opinion of church prior to your friends asking you to come and you were saying you were using some choice words, but what, yeah. was, it, what was more the, your sentiment around church prior to that? Um, I don't know if I'd have really thought much about it. I think the time, um, I think I had at one point, uh, I, I remember praying to God when my grandmother, my great-grandmother my great grandmother passed away. Um, but it was, you know, just the, like, I was about to play a softball tournament or something. It was just like... Mm. You know, did I win for her or something like that? That was kind of like the extent of that prayer, but nothing more. And I, like, I got kicked out of scripture in primary school in year three. It was banned because a mate of mine and I made this dear old little lady um, cry a number of times in a row. And so we were kicked out. So, yeah, so my, you know, thinking of God and Jesus and church and all that kind of stuff, that was really the furthest thing from my mind, really. Um, yeah, didn't think anything of it at all. And that's the like a question I ask when people say how they became a Christian is like what changed after that? And you mentioned the uh, talking about swearing and drinking and stuff like that. Um, when you became a Christian, was anything different? I remember when I asked Pete Crawshaw that, and he's like, "Oh, we said our prayers, and then we got in bed and read a book." <laughs> <laughs> was it a similar experience to you, or do you feel like it was a, different? People have different responses, and maybe because it was you, you were saying you're a little bit older than some of us became Christians, but. Was that was it really like a switch flipping, or was it a gradual process? Do you think? Um, th- I think a bit of both. I think there was some stuff that was very immediate, and other stuff that was a bit more gradual. Um, I think uh, I think around about that that time, it might have been even sort of in that first year, I was looking at um, what I could do long term in terms of um, you know, like I was looking at whether getting soccer scholarships and things like that were available and and those sorts of things and then i blew my knee out so i ended up needing a knee reconstruction and so acl yeah whatever that one is it goes through the middle oh that's mcl yeah so um so yeah so i had to have a knee reconstruction and then kind of like soccer just all of a sudden was taken away from me Mm. at that point and it was a real it was difficult because all my identity was caught up in soccer at that point um and all of a sudden there's a year or so that I couldn't play and and here I am as a, now as a Christian and I was trying to weigh those two things up on what was going on. Like I, I love soccer and I would love to, like that's what I want to do. I love soccer and I'd love to be able to get paid, not to, if it wasn't playing soccer, coaching or something. Um, and now that looks like that's just been taken on what, like what is going on. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big shift in thinking about meaning and purpose um and yeah so those sorts of things so it was it was was almost so that was very immediate because it was kind of like the you know plug being pulled out of the wall um so yeah i don't know if that's yeah uh, (coughs) the next sorry for coughing in the microphone everyone uh my next question was just going to ask that something you brought up about your family and i was just wondering how much you want to share about that um and that coming to church is what that was a big uh, 
uh, a decider for you maybe that like in terms of what was going on with your family and then coming to church and feeling the love for people there but what why was that the case for you yeah depending on how much you want to share yeah um uh, look my my parents got divorced and separated when i was um probably about six and my mum got sole custody when i was probably about eight nine um and so it was my mum, I lived with my mum and my stepdad from there on and my stepdad didn't have any kids so it was just, it was us and he came very much from a generation of kids are seen and not heard, uh, you know, express the way you feel about someone, um, you do that by giving gifts and things like that. So encouragement and um, doing things were not high on his priority, which as kids that's kind of what your kids want, right? Like. You would know as a parent, like your, your kids are always after your time, mm. uh, which Just is a wonderful quality thing. time. Right? And quality time, yeah. Mm. And and the words that you use matter, whether they're positive or negative. Um, and so, yeah. So my experience was a lot more negative than positive. Mm. Um, so my view of myself was quite low. Mm. Um, and, um, and and my mum uh, still does uh, has MS, and so that meant that there was a lot going on for her. She's was struggling with that and. Uh, she still does, and that very much consumes who she is and what she thinks about. Um, and it's not to say that she doesn't think about myself and my brother and that, but um, but it was it was uh, you know going through treatments and trial medications and this that and the other. And like I remember um, being at Miranda Fair with her um, during the day, and she was she's a stubborn woman, and she um, should have been in a wheelchair but refused, and so she would try to stumble around Miranda Fair and just as I was holding her up, her hand and trying to walk help her walk uh, hearing people go it's you know it's it's too early to be drinking imagine being drunk at this oh, time of day man. and just real horrible things mm, yeah. that um, you know that that I think that contributed a bit to the anger that I was feeling as well towards people that people were just rude and arrogant and whatever else and people shouldn't treat my mum like that and all those sorts of things um, so yeah, so my, my family was very much, I guess, dysfunctional um, in that sense. And um, yeah, so actually coming and hearing that there is, there is a God who loves me no matter what was, was a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And uh, oh, speaking in the microphone, what, um, what happened after that in terms of you becoming a Christian? So, like you were t- saying, you were talking about what you would do for a career and stuff like that. Yep. Just hurt your knee. Yep. Obviously, recovering, rehabbing from the operation. Yep. What did you do next? Because I don't know how close we get to when you went into ministry. <laughs> yeah, I oh know. So, about this point, I, um, I started, I uh, didn't mind sort of uh, drawing and art and that sort of stuff. So, uh, ended up doing a graphic design course at TAFE, which I actually I didn't finish it actually in the end, um, because yeah, long story that one. But anyway, um, and then got a, uh, I was working in a print factory and got to work in packaging and then plate making and then mm. um, actual doing the graphic design stuff and then um, so yeah, so I was doing a bit of that um, sort of in and around that time. So yeah, not going down the soccer, but all ministry it was towards uh, sort of graphic design. So you're really good at sport, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I also enjoy drawing. What other skills do you think you have? Because <laughs> that's that's quite impressive already. And I know that like you're obviously now a pastor and stuff. 
Are there any other hidden talents that you um, have been keeping from us? I can do a bat. No, I can't. I don't. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> when I say I enjoy, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm good at it. But um, yeah, I, but yeah, you're usually good at something that you enjoy. I think to a degree, depending yeah. on how much you work on it. Well, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I, it's it was just more of a. I wanted to do something that I enjoy doing, and being creative is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't as you know, graphic design's not always drawing. Actually, there's a lot <laughs> less drawing these days. Yeah, it's more computer stuff. But um, but yeah, I you know, I, yeah, I enjoyed working out programs. I enjoyed you know creating things, and mm. so yeah, so it was all those sorts of. You're also a good handyman. You built this set. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> my yeah. The third space studio. <laughs> yeah, don't look too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't. Don't worry. No, now they now they will. Now no, yeah, yeah. It it's not in four K. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> <all good. laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so you're doing graphic design, yeah, and plate making and all that print stuff. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing at church at the same time? Because you go into youth ministry. The only reason I know that is because you were my leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I don't know what's was going on. I got, I got thrown in, like after six months after being a Christian, thrown into being a youth leader for year seven and eight. <laughs> Freaked me right out. And I was like, I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. Um, but it was actually really good because it made me actually want to uh, learn and, and know stuff more and faster. And so I was asking more questions, sometimes really dumb questions, but still asking lots of questions. Um, and I spent a lot of time, like I, I think those early years, I read the Bible more consistently and more times throughout the day than I have probably since. Um, probably to my shame in saying that. But like, uh, yeah, I'd be in lunch break, I'd be eating a sandwich and reading mm. the Bible in front of a whole bunch of you know, one guy has, you know, has naked women up on his on his print machine. You know, he's sitting right across from me, going, "What on earth are you?" No, he said other things, like yeah. words I'm not going to use. But, you know, you know, what are you, what are you reading? And then I'll be talking about it. And, and yeah, interesting conversations that came out of that. Um, not always nice ones, but yeah, interesting ones. What did youth ministry help you? Like, how did youth ministry help you to strengthen your faith? Um. I think uh, it helped me to rely heavily on prayer because especially those early stages where I didn't know a lot and felt out of my depth when kids asked questions, mm. which is fair enough. But, you know, we wanted them to ask questions, but I didn't know. And so it was a lot of, lot of prayer and a lot of relying on God uh, during that to, uh, to, yeah, to help me not look like a fool, <laughs> um, but also more importantly, um, but my lack of knowledge not to be a reflection on his splendor and glory. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was, I think it was very, uh, yeah, a big time of, of just forming patterns and uh, understanding on, on how God works and how much I need him in my day-to-day life. And that habit of you reading the Bible very regularly obviously helped with that. Yeah, yeah, and, and praying regularly too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that I struggle with is praying regularly. I don't mm. think I do it enough, but reading maybe a little bit better, but yeah, I can understand that. So let's go to the time where you met me. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? The dark time. Do you remember? I must have been year nine, I think. So what year was that? 2001, I think. What year did you graduate? 2004. Well, then 2001. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, was, I got 2004 in my head and then I'm like, hang on, I got how many years do I have to go back? 
Yeah, 2001. And yep. we don't have to talk about me, sorry. But I was I, I was six, ah. just in case you were <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how old I was. Yeah. Old enough to be your leader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that you. On my memory of you, my first memory of you is talking to you about Liverpool. Yeah, okay. At the venue, which we had at Gomi Anglican Church, was a separate, like it was a different venue in Kiriwi. Yep. And I remember you and I were standing uh, just outside the doors into the, you know, we had those open doors yeah, that yeah, would like yeah. go into into the venue. And we talked about football for ages. I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think to that point is that how much we value at church is building relationships and being friends with the people that we lead. Yeah. But I think that's what exactly what you were doing. Um, and I was just going to ask you, within your youth ministry, how have you seen that kind of develop in terms of like knowing that well, building relationships is a great way to actually know Jesus mm. um, because like we've been friends ever since that day pretty much yeah um, and I think it's a really cool thing because you are you're a, a bit older than me and we like to value intergenerational ministry here at church but how you again another question about youth ministry like building relationships and how is how have you used that to go on in your ministry because you now Pastor, you were an assistant pastor at different churches and now mm. planning pastor here, as we said. Yep. How have you seen that impact the way that you minister is to build relationships? Uh, I think it's one of the key things. Um, I think, um, and, and Stu, I learned this heavily from Stu, is that idea of um, the idea of spiritual bank accounts and the idea of um, if, if I'm going to, if I have to pull you up on something, I want to be taking a withdrawal out of your account and if I haven't been depositing any, anything into it, well, then that's not going to happen and that's not going to work. And so um, building those relationships is not just for that reason, um, but that idea of investing in, into each other and, and uh, doing that by sharing, you know, my life with you and with Braden with, uh, with others um, is part of that, just building that relationship where we can talk candidly and ask questions uh, that... If you know, if we only just met, you wouldn't ask, or if we didn't know each other very well, you wouldn't ask. You wouldn't feel comfortable to ask. Um, but also to um, share, you know, for you guys to share your life with me as I share my life with you. So that relationship is always a two-way thing, and I think that's one of the um, the big things that struck me early on in reading the Bible, especially the especially of Paul, um, how he shares his life with um, those he goes to, to minister with. He doesn't, he doesn't put on a, a facade like the Pharisees did to sort of say, you know, look at me, I'm holy, um, you should all be like me. It was very much, I'm just like you, I'm a tent maker, let's chat, mm-hmm. let's get to know each other. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it's soccer, whether it's, you know, I don't know, whatever it might be, I don't talk about anything else, no, no. Um, <laughs> wh- whatever it is, like just building those relationships so we can actually... Um, share our lives and over the time you know I've shared with you things and and same with you Braden like things that I wouldn't with people that I haven't met or you know don't know that well and those sorts of things Mm. and that's where you grow grow closer to each other but totally and then centered around the fact that like we're reconciled to each other through Jesus death on the cross yeah and and one of the difficulties because we have been to a couple of churches is that we have invested in lives and so it makes leaving harder yeah because you're not you're not just leaving a people at a church, you're, you're leaving friends. And 
people you've invested into and you've journeyed with through difficult times or they've journeyed with you through difficult times. And um, so there's this, this beauty of, of always having that connection and that relationship. But yeah, when you do have to leave, that is hard. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. When, um, when did you go on to being involved in ministry at Guy Anglican? So trying to piece this together when what timing was. Yeah, so I started going to college probably about, I think it was 2000, 2001 maybe, um, because I'd got, like I'd, at that point, so 98 when I, was when I became a Christian. Hmm. And so that's only a couple of years and it was very much at that point, um, it's like I, I need to know more about the Bible. I need to, I, I basically went to college because, not to go in a ministry, but because I wanted to know the Bible better for the, the crew that I led in youth group because I wanted, I, I didn't want, um, I didn't want to be a stumbling block for them knowing more and, and, and trusting in God more. Mm. And so that I need to do something about this. And so I went to Bible college. Yeah, right. And what about your personal life at the same time? Like, how's that playing out with your family and, and like, and how did you, is that, when did you meet Christine and you guys uh, going out? That would have been, it would have been about 2001 maybe. Yeah, okay. Seems like a big year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Met me, <laughs> met your <laughs> wife. <laughs> met Joel for it. No, no. Um, <laughs> I put them together. <laughs> it's all uh, Not really. Yeah. Um, it might have been actually early, uh, late 2000 maybe. Anyway. Um, sorry, what was the question? Oh, just like how you're obviously investing a lot in oh, becoming yeah. a Christian, right? And, it, and maybe you even felt like you were making up for lost time because you knew other people had become Christians earlier yeah, yeah. in their life. Yeah. But what did what you doing all this kind of stuff and eventually going to college and going to ministry and um, we haven't talked about how you became Rev Coordinator as well. Yeah. Like how did all, all those three things are happening and what's your personal life going like especially with your family yeah they, so they okay with it well so by that time i was now i was living out of home okay. with a couple of guys from church with mm. rob and chris um because um in the first year and a half my, yeah my parents gave me grief like we would have barbecue dinners and whatever else and my stepdad would go oh you christians can't eat red meat it's <laughs> like i'd and as you know, I've, like I haven't been a Christian that long. I'm like, does it? Like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, does it really? I need to go to Bible college. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with someone. Does Bob say anything about meat? Like, I'm not eating it. And so, like things like that. There would just be these subtle digs, um, and yeah, it just it, so there'd just be this constant battle of, oh, you're doing too much. It's a cult. It's, you know, it's this, that, and the other. I think my stepdad had some. He. Uh, grew up in Ireland and then in South Australia and I think um, some stuff happened in church with him and okay. so he was very um, against it all and so that he made those uh, feelings very well known so my, my feeling of feeling um, not particularly loved in, the, in my family were kind of increased during that time and then after about a year and a half of being a Christian my uh, mum and stepdad said we're moving to Newcastle you can either come with us or look after yourself and I was like Righto, mm. so I'm like, you know, just turned 20, I think, at this point. And, um, and you know, Stu and Lou opened up their house to me and they'd only known me for maybe a year, maybe not even. And um, I lived in a room in their house. They just had Ethan, who was <laughs> not well. 
and it was it was uh, you know looking back on it, it was one of the most amazing things. But it was very bizarre that this was happening. <laughs> yeah, wow. So um, so yeah so um, so I, I stayed with Stu and Lou for probably about a year, and then moved in with the pad, the pad, right? yeah, with Chris and, and Robbie. <laughs> Is that because it was the bachelor pad? Is that the that's right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that's moving in that like that's considered moving out pretty early these days. Yeah. Did it make you grow up quick? Um, yes and no. I because my mum was not well. There was a lot of stuff I had to do anyway. Mm. Um, but uh, but there were some other things that were a very steep learning curve, like making sure there was food in the fridge and <laughs> you know paying rent and yeah. things like that and and. You know, making sure all three of us paid rent and had it there. Like we had to pay physically. The guy would come to the door. Oh, did he? And there was a few times where he turned up and we were like, oh, that's today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was interesting. I have a memory of youth group going to the pad and we oh, had yeah, um, the boxing ring thing. Yeah, in the backyard. Up? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was inflatable it inflatable boxing ring. Yeah, inflatable boxing. Yeah, 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 it wasn't actual boxing ring. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, wow, that's a crazy <laughs> <you'd> <laughs> Fight club. Yeah, back, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. We don't talk about that. Didn't job. someone get really hurt for it though? I think <laughs> something happened. Chris. Yes, yeah, I think it was Chris. Probably. I think he fell off it or Probably. something. I'm pretty sure it was for his birthday or something. That's yeah, what it might have been a birthday celebration yeah, at yeah. the pad. Yeah. With well, I think we had it for the next day, but we said, oh, well, we got it here the night before. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the first night I went out somewhere to some, like, yeah, okay. besides the venue. Yeah. To that night and I'm like what is happening here <laughs> this is wild yeah it was a pretty wild place yeah and so you meeting Christine at the same time yeah around about then yeah, yeah right. she would probably have a better idea on that yeah she'd probably yell at you for I, I remember when we got married that was the main thing <laughs> <laughs> I remember our wedding anniversary that's the main thing yes yeah, so that is an important date um, so when are you, you when do you, you finish youth leading so you, or you don't finish, sorry, you, at, at Guymer Anglican, and as we do here at Sorrel Bible Church, we try and follow our crew yep. all the way through yep. youth ministry. Yep. Also jump in, Braden, because I, I know Joe a bit. I know, I know some of these things. But like I said, I'm just trying to, how, do you, how did you figure out when you wanted to go to Bible college and was that related to leading Rev, the youth group? So while I was at Bible college, I think I've been after, we've followed you guys through, you go on year 10 to year 11. Mm-hmm. And it was about that time when Tim Bowen, I think it was that, so it would have been 2002 maybe? So you would have been year 10? Yes. Yeah. Um, was going to go up the coast. And so we were down a youth minister and there was the idea to split that role across three of us. So Matt Redman, me and Fee. And so we were all on two days a week or two and a half days a week or something like that. <laughs> Something random, you know, but there all the time because that's what we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, it was a full time job. You only got paid two and a half days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But we made it a full time because we, we just wanted yeah. to be there and, and hang out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so doing college part time and, you know, part time youth minister. Part time, but full time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as I said, like, cause it's because we just we just love being there and hanging around and doing stuff. Yeah. And I remember some of the creative things that you and Matt did. Just oh, do you remember yeah. you set up that consumerism thing at the oh, venue? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about that? No, because I can't. I remember it, but I don't remember it. Oh, no. I don't remember what it was about. I remember we like we set up that hole upstairs. And there's video and yeah, you just can't. I, just, 
I cannot believe some of, the, some of the stuff that you guys created was pretty wild for two guys just like, oh, let's just do this. Like, and because you also like the like the iMac was around and that kind of stuff, like it yeah. allowed you to do those kind of things. But it was yeah. it was something to do with uh, consumerism and like, oh, do we just go at Miranda Fair and just have to buy lots of things and yeah. all that kind of thing. So you, you did some kind of, it was like an art exhibition. Yes. And that we had to walk through and I'm like, this is, what is this? <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> yeah, are these yeah. crazy guys doing? Yeah. It's what happens when you have too much time and neither of us sleep. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. you spend a lot of time. Um, what's the next step after that? So you're doing youth ministry. Yep. Yep. So then, um, actually, no, you know what? I think, actually, I think before... Well, actually, not before I was a part-time youth minister, I actually had was given um, a two-day-a-week role as the Indigenous Liaison Minister or something like that. Because oh. we, it's when um, we were starting to do stuff with Ike out at um, Kirinari yep. oh, and yeah. doing the, the trips. And so two days a week, I would spend time with him and organise our friendship visits. And we were doing like seven friendship visits a year. Wow. So like every long weekend and other weekends and stuff like that. Um, and so I was organising a lot of that stuff and hanging out and, and sort of ministering to the Kirinari kids and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, then, then it was, then Tim left. And then I stepped into that part-time okay. youth role. So that was, the, uh, that was still a guy me Anglican though, Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. in about 2005, yeah. I think, I stepped into that youth ministry yeah, role. Yeah, okay. Because Kirinari was the Aboriginal hostel that was close by that kids, yeah. kids from out west would come and yep. live there as a, in the hostel to yeah, yeah. be near the Sydney, near Sydney. Yeah, to, to go do, to schools. To go to school and study and all that kind yep. of stuff. Yep. So yep. that's where we developed the relationship with Isaac, who was yes. running that, Isaac Gordon. Yeah. And then so the friendship visits are visiting remote Aboriginal communities all over New South Wales. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just just clarifying that. What did you learn from that? Because that's a that's a really important part. That's influenced our ministry here at Soul mm. Revival a lot, mm. the, what we've learned from our Indigenous ministry yeah. partners. Uh, I think a number of things definitely reinforce the value of relationships and um, face-to-face over phone. Not face-to-face over the phone, but you'd like face-to-face <laughs> versus phone. Yeah. And just the, the value of just sitting and having a couple with someone. Um, I remember uh, early on, like calling up Ike and saying, "Oh, are you free if I come around?" And eventually, just said, "Look, stop calling, just come over. <laughs> if we're home, we're home. If we're not, we're not." Yeah. Um, and that was that was really helpful um, in just thinking because I always felt like I was bothering people. Like it's like, "Oh, it'd be good to catch up," but I don't want to, you know, do any interfere with your busy life and all those sorts yeah. of things. And and now, just like that, helped me just go. Actually, no. If people don't want to catch up, they'll, they'll say no. And that's fine. Um, and so that was really helpful. But also um, I, I learned a lot from Ike too about um, the value of having spiritual elders. And for that time I was doing that role, he was very much like a spiritual father to me, learned lots of things um, and um, a wonderful man. But I, I think it really, I hadn't really thought much about because I grew up in a non-Christian family, having people older than me who know the Bible and have been a Christian for a long time, yeah. I hadn't, hadn't thought much about the value of that. And yeah, hanging out with him really, like I was oh, there's someone who's been on this journey longer than I have and been through stuff that I may never go through or I have gone through or will go through. And man, I've got to tap into that. 
Mm. Can you name all seven locations that you went to in one year? Well, we went to, we doubled up on a few. So I think we went to Bree a couple of times. Uh, We went to Collie and Rye. We went to Dubbo. Um, We went to Lightning Ridge, Gilgandra. And I think we went to one of those, or a couple of those twice. Wow. How many years did you do that for? Uh, three years. Wow, it's a lot of visits though, a lot of driving. Yeah, I didn't go on. I didn't wasn't always at all of them, but yeah, a few people, a couple of people went to most of them. <laughs> it was pretty intense. One yeah. one year we had about fifty people going up to Bree. Yeah, wow, that was that was pretty epic. That was yeah. the one we were out by the river as well, and it was mm. it was pretty cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, we've learned so much from those guys that we've we've worked with for so long. So yeah, and you were the at the forefront of that. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, it was it was it was a it was a great time. It really was. <laughs> so, how long were you working part time at Gummy Anglican? Mm. Um, probably till uh, two thousand and nine. I think it was end of two thousand and nine. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a test. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. What did you? What was the next step after that? Uh, I'd, so I'd, I'd like you to tell this in your own words rather than me prompting you to. Well, I think I had Braden at youth group at one yeah, point. Yeah, you had you had one term of my group and then racked off. <laughs> that was enough. I didn't. You didn't want <laughs> to do it. It's just like, oh man, this guy. There's twins in this oh, in this group. What is yes. going on with this? Keegan and his silly yakness. I'm dip. <laughs> Time to dip. Yeah, I think um, it was a year, man. I think it was a. T- term or a year i can't remember we had you for a little bit yeah yeah as you yeah. were the coordinator of rev which was a year nine, nine and ten. year ten yes yeah. Group. Yeah. yeah which was heaps of fun i love that mm. um but yeah at the end of uh 2009 um i got ordained as a deacon and to do that you need to have a full-time role uh, in a church and guy me had uh made that clear that there was not that wasn't the option there wasn't there wasn't an option for that um to increase my part-time to full-time and so uh, I didn't find that out till kind of late and kind of got into the whole kind of looking the, for the somewhere. Hi- the hiring pool. Yeah, yeah. very late. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up getting in and um, getting a couple of interviews when where people were up to their sort of second or third rounds, <laughs> which was very nice. Um, and so we ended up landing down at Helensburg, which wasn't too far away, which was nice. Mm. And um, I had the youth and assistant minister role down there for three years. And how did that go? Yeah, yeah it's good. It's different. Yeah. Because um, I know that you were, for example, trying to bring some of the ideas that you had from Soul Revival to that ministry too, but people yeah. were a little bit more resistant. Yeah, yeah. So there was, there was a lot going on. The Christian Surfers was pretty big down there and had a great ministry down there and still, I think still do. Um, and so we were, I was trying to, um, we, we had a, a pretty, uh, you know, I think it was five of us maybe um, in terms of the leadership team. And we were uh, looking at some of those kids who weren't surfers and um, a bit on the fringes. And so we slowly started to build up a bit of momentum with that um, and try to get a Saturday night kind of hangout going as often as we could um, with some of the young adults as well, which, um, which lasted for a year, or ha- year and a half or so. Um, but yeah, nothing really kind of took off. Why do, you think that, why do you think that happened? Uh, I think I made, a, I made a few mistakes along the way. It was the first time I tried to take sort of Soul Revival and do it outside of Soul Revival. And so a few mistakes along the way and on my part in how to do that. I think 
there's some assumptions that people would know what I'm talking about when I talked about stuff or would just get on board. Mm. Um, and, you know, there, there's, and some people just liked church the way that it was and didn't want to change things up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so a few little things like that. But, like, in terms of the youth ministry, that was, you know, we got, we got some kids come along and really enjoying that. Uh, which was good. And, and Helensburg was a bit of a transient kind of place because people would move in for school and get their kids in the school there. And then when their kids finished high school, they would move out and then you would get another. Um, so, so it was just constant. Oh, really? Why, why did they do that, though? Because um, well, then housing was cheaper oh, yeah. than what it is in the Shire. So it was, yep. a, it was seen as a stepping stone to get back into the Shire. Oh. And so you'd buy in Helensburg, you send your kids to Helensburg or Samuel Park, um, then you would send them to, you know, Ingerdean High or Bulleye or Heathcote or Christian School, whatever. Um, and then when they were, you know, you were old enough and you had some money, you then you would sell up and move back into the Shire. All right. So the transients really affected, like, people wanting to dig in and stay there for a while and yeah. really and commit to new ideas, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was one year there where our church changed. Like, there was people there one year and then they're not there and so there's, but there's new people and so it's, yeah. it was and yeah, building was relationships too is hard that as you said before like you invest a lot of time but then people leave over and over again that's got to, was that pretty wearing for you uh, well we were only there three years so it wasn't too bad um, and I mainly looked after the youth and young adults and the Sunday night service so that was a little bit more solid but some of the, the earlier like the family services and stuff like that was a bit mm. yeah a bit more transient there. So you said you're only at Helensburg for three years. Yep. Where did you go after that? So we went down to Nowra, down to All Saints down there, where we were down there for about five years, um, close to. Again, started off as the youth and assistant minister, where I think I, I think I had an associate minister or something, or whatever, <laughs> I don't know what the title was. But yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I was asked actually to go down and take the Sunday night service, which was at about 30, 20, 30 people, and try and breathe some life into it. Um, it was quite. It was interesting. I had to go down to the interviews with a plan on what to do with something that I hadn't seen <laughs> and knew very little about. It's a bit tough. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was good. I just went and talked about soul revival, and they're like, "Yep, that sounds good. Let's do that." And right. So, so we tried it. And was it met? Do you think with the same resistance that you experienced at Helensburg, or was that different? Um, I learned a bit. And learnt how learnt the value of getting a team together and talking through with that team, uh, and so getting that team on board and yeah. getting them to be champions. So it wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, so there's more voices saying yes, this is a good idea, um, and you know sometimes there was disagreement and stuff, but we we're able to work things out, but and and kind of yeah, share that a little bit more um, between each other to encourage people that this is a good idea yep. yeah. and worth doing. Yeah, cool. Well, we should also say that the cheering is because at Fuse tonight, when we're recording this, they're doing little athletics. So yeah. <laughs> If I keep looking down, it's because it is raining. We're doing an out night at Youth tonight yes. and I keep oh, getting... No. <laughs> Questions, this, is it uh, on? Well, yeah, just like, it's raining. it's raining. Oh, it's getting a bit heavier. No, it's lightening up. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. uh, as, a, as a... <laughs> uh, Previous youth pastor, yeah. how would you advise Brayden to address this particular situation where it's an out night? It's not my. It is also not my call to make. It's in so the bush. I'm very happy. With no, that. I'm just saying if you're in that situation, <laughs> you're, oh. they're, they're meant to have a night out in the bush doing wide games and it's raining. What would what would you what would you say, Joe? 
Well, in your user it's experience. different now because like you can check the bomb and whatever else. And <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do that you before. You just dice. have to get there and just go. Oh well, that <laughs> that sucks. Oh well, we're wet. <laughs> um, all right, these guys got it all sorted. They're yeah, all they're I'm all not over it. about it. So you're down in Nara. You're trying to figure out how this role works. How you're trying to grow a gathering. You're yep. also growing your family over this time. Oh, how do yeah, you yeah, find yeah, good that? Um, growing up. Like you've obviously said how important you found people like Isaac, spiritual mm. elders in mm. your life. Mm. Mm. How did you find that transition into then trying to um, be a father and be a father who loves God and wants to teach them about um, what Jesus did for them as well? Mm. Mm. By the time you were in three children, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had Nate just before we moved ah, okay. down to Nara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Christ- sorry, the how did I go transitioning? Into that? Was that the yeah, 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 just I'd like it, it's um, obviously something what you've you learned. What have you learned think, being a father? I think yourself. I yeah. transitioned badly. Um, <laughs> I think I, oh, I think I think there was a lot of, um, and still a lot of things I do wrong. I fail, um, as we all do. Um, what parent hasn't failed? Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> well, I yeah. talked talk to some people. I was like, oh, I did it perfectly. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, look, I, I think we 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 tried to. Um, it was hard. We could, when we were in Nowra, uh, there were not a lot of kids our kids' age. Actually, there were no kids our kids' age going to church regularly. And so for them, it was very hard mm. um, because no, none of their friends were coming. They didn't know any of the kids there because there were no kids their age there um, yeah. on a regular basis. So for them, it was really hard. So we worked really hard at trying to encourage them to think that church is not just about them, yeah. um, but it's about what... Um, what they what they can learn, but also what they can do for others and how they can love others when they're there, um, and you know, good or bad, that happens sometimes. Didn't happen other times, um, and there were often times where it's just like, yeah, why are we bothering? Um, you know, why are we putting energy into the you know the screaming and the fighting to get them into the car and get them to church? Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's it, it was about helping them see the value of church and the value of community yeah. um, and that sometimes community is not going to be it's not going to it's not going to give you everything you want it to give you yeah um, and there'll be seasons where that will be the case um, and there'll be seasons where uh, you've uh, you know you fit perfectly and there's just a lot of love and, and you're encouraged and you you feel right at home mm-hmm. um, but that's you know it's, it's not a reason not to go to church mm-hmm. when you're not getting those things I think you, like, looking at the way your children interact with my children, I think there's a clear case that they know the value of church and they mm. know the value of being in community. So just yeah. to encourage you. No, thanks, mate. That, I, yeah, I've seen multiple times, especially your boys, your two younger boys, interact with my kids and look after them all the time. Yeah. So I think they, they really have learned that from you guys. Well, and that's what we tried to encourage them, that, yeah, that they don't have kids their age, but there are kids younger than them there. Um, and you know, this is how you're feeling. How, imagine how they're going to feel. So, how about you give them what you're not getting? Um, and so, I think that's you know, they still try to do that. Mm. Hopefully, mm. most of the time. Mm. And how you talked about just getting them to come to church and stuff like that in terms of like showing them the importance of commitment. What about you as a dad? Like, how have you changed over that time? Because you've been, I mean, uh, your daughter Amelia, she's sixteen. Yeah which is crazy because yeah. I remember looking after her once with my now wife 
one time. She like you. You just needed some babysitting or yeah, something. Yeah, So what over those sixteen years and yep. two additional children after that, yeah. after Amelia, how have you changed as a father, and how has God shaped that for you? Um, that's a good question. I think um, I'm learning more and more and more the importance of time mm. um, and listening. And not always having the answer. Yeah. Um, to actually listen to what's going on for them and let them talk out their feelings and to reassure them that feelings are okay. Um, and sometimes I think early on, and not necessarily from me, but from what they would hear from school or other places, that um, the feelings were not such a, a thing that you talked about so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's okay to be angry, but then how do you, how do you respond in anger and well? And process that. Yeah. yeah. So, those, so thinking through more those sorts of things, um, which has also then helped me think through that for myself. Yeah. Because I go, oh, well, if I'm telling them to do that, I've got to think through that too. Um, and so I think it's, it's helped me be a bit more patient with them as well. But really, really big thing of, you know, just putting the phone down. So, you know, when we're on holidays... Um, I was not very good at this early on because I would carry my phone with me all the time and I would get calls from church. Um, and so now it's phone off on holidays and it's just about the family and about yeah. the kids and try to do that on certain times of the day and the week and things like that. So it's just about them and not about anything else. I, th- I remember reading something recently about it. Kids don't want just quality time, they also want quantity time. Yeah. But it's also just like your presence there. And that's something that I'm trying to be work on a little bit is that even if you're not interacting with them, and it obviously differs for different ages, but to be present and knowing that you can step in and help them process their feelings or whatever if if they need it, but yeah. knowing that there is that constant. And it makes me think of the, what you were saying about being a spiritual father is that that constant presence of God mm. actually helps us to be able to do that better as parents ourselves yeah and i uh i've only really made that realization in maybe the last six months yeah and i probably have been a similar thing of like oh i, I can't do that right now or like or maybe like i know when they're especially young they really want your attention when you're cooking dinner <laughs> <laughs> always when you're cooking dinner yeah. or on the toilet yeah <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah toilet you might need to or finish what you're doing <laughs> Uh, I haven't had too many of those, but almost like going, dinner can wait 10 minutes. And I think about this my youngest one, just go and sit down with her for yep. 10 minutes. And they'll say, I'm going to go back and cook dinner now. And yeah. like, she's like, okay with that. Yeah. And I need, I, I've had to learn that a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just sorry, trying to echo what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. And it's amazing how those little things help. Like right from when our kids were little, when they were crying as babies and, and, they had trouble sleeping when they got a little bit older and things like that. I would pick them up and I'd rock them in my arms. And, you know, I'm not a good singer by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, when I, I have a deepish voice. So, you know, I would sing Amazing Grace to my kids mm. as they were, you know, and I would just keep singing it over and over again while they were crying. Um, and I just thought that that was, you know, for me, it was reminding me of the grace that God has given me mm. as I, you know, settle and calm, you know, one of my kids. Um, and it would also help me pray for them as I was singing. Um, and I was astounded um, once when 
you know, uh, Nate was, you know, too old for me to pick him up and, and kind of rock him in my arms. Actually, we had a nightmare and said, Dad, can you sing Amazing Grace? Because he said that, that, that it, it calms me down and, and makes me feel safe. And I was like, oh, wow, like I didn't, I, like I was doing this for me, not for you. And now, it's, you know, it's just, you know, even that little selfish act on my part actually turned out to be mm. something that was a, mm. a great benefit for him. Mm. And he would sing along with me as he got older, mm. you know, and <laughs> yeah, it was great. Cool. So, yeah. No, I love what how kids make us actually refine us. Mm. And I think that we often miss that. And yeah. I think it's something that's really worth looking into a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Why don't we move on to when you came back to Sorovol? Mm-hmm. Because it was very important. A very, a very happy day for me when I found out that we were... I mean, we think we were trying to recruit you back for quite a while, <laughs> but it was a very happy day for me when it became official. Yeah. What were your feelings of coming back to Soul Revival? Because it was almost like you just had to go away for a while. And it was, yeah. I think it was nine years, something like that. Yeah, eight and a half, nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, we know that you didn't ever really want to depart Soul Revival, but you had to. Yeah. So coming back. Did you get, did you get a phone call, like a draft? Like <laughs> the draft? Like you've been selected, yeah. number one pick. Oh, I, had, yeah, I had to go to some sort of like big show thing and <laughs> <laughs> round two. I kid. Do you remember I, like when it was yeah, more yeah. of a formal possibility? I think or? it was, uh, I think Stu said, hey, look, I think we're, we're looking at uh, planning a church in Woolaware and we'd love to get you up to do that. Yeah. Would you be interested? And I think my response was yes but I don't know the first thing about church planning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Um, Which is, so I would say, not technically true. Because you, you tried, at least tried new Sorovol ideas within two different yeah. other churches. Yeah, well, we yeah. kind of replanted the evening service at now. So, yeah. yeah. So, in some sense, we had. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, so that conversation happened and then we, there was a few kind of, we talked a bit and... Um, came up for probably the most grueling interview I think I've ever had. I think I actually walked out of <laughs> Stu's house going, I don't know if I'm going to get the job. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, seriously, it was intense. Like Karen's help, man. She's uh, like, I know she's on last week and she looks like all kind of cool oh, and calm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, there's a, there's a question. I'm trying to remember oh, what it is. Oh, the question, right? Yes. This, this still haunts me. Yeah. Yep. And it's the question, every time we've got to do interviews for anything, I was like, can I ask that question? <laughs> and it's the, the question is, what are three strengths you wish you had? Oh, I remember that question. Because I asked you that, right? And it's just like, oh, like it's a positive spin on, yeah. you know, you know, talking about your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like everything. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like I was lucky that Christine was with me. Just, I was like, what do you think? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I walked out there going, oh, man, I'm, I'm not going to get it. She's like, there's no one else. You're going to get it. There was other. But you, 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 don't be silly. Like... I think that was true. I don't think we were getting anyone else, but anyway. She's, she was just crazy. She's just like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Only because you're just well indoctrinated with how we like to do church. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, even on, even on things I just got handed it, it was, oh man, it was, it was, it was yeah, the most intense one. I suppose in, a, in one sense it's good to have oh, a totally. proper, proper yeah. interview process. Yeah. yeah, and you knew what you were getting into. And yeah. 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 Or did I? <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Were you excited to do it though? Oh yeah, I think I was, I was excited to be back at Solis doing stuff that I agreed with and loved mm. and thought was a really, not just a really cool way to do church, but the way church should be done. Um, not that that's to say that there aren't other ways to do church and, and 
you know, this is the only way and the right way. But I just do, I really, like the way we, we do a lot of things is... You're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because it had such a, a big impact on me early on that that's, that's what I knew and that's what I, I you know, wanted to do at other churches and to varying degrees of success with that. Um, and so, yeah, to come back and be part of it was just like, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Your experience of, you know, coming from a non-Christian family and becoming a Christian a little bit later than perhaps some of your peers. Yeah. Did that give you a heart for church planning and wanting people who didn't know Jesus to know him? I think, um, yeah, I think that when I became a Christian and started getting involved in ministry, I definitely went, oh, I have missed out on so much opportunities in school to share the good news of yeah. Jesus. So I went back into chip lunch, which, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Ethan does and you guys have been part of and, and whatnot. But um, because it was just like, I need to make up for lost time. And I feel like I've been doing that ever since. And so church planning fits that kind of, um, that mould of just, like there, there is an urgency to getting the gospel out. Um, you know, wasted 19 years not doing it. Um, and I've been going longer as a Christian than that now, but mm. still, that urgency is still there. Because mm. we don't know, you know, I've had uh, one, of, one of the big um, impacts uh, in my life growing up was when we, we spent two years in, uh, two and a half years in Queensland from sort of halfway through year four to year six. And we had a family friend um, who had a son a bit, he was a year older than me. And there were these sand dunes that we used, that, like I used to do it, and everyone up at Noosa used to go and dig tunnels in these sand dunes. <laughs> it was, and it was just what you did. Like, um, anyway, uh, this, this kid, um, this family friend of ours, uh, he and three of his mates went and did it and they dug too far in mm. and the, it, start, it was a um, three-storey size kind of sand dune oh and so gosh. the sand dune started to collapse and uh, our friend and his friend went that way and the other two went that way and the sand fell that way and, and crushed them. Wow. And so he would have been probably year seven at the time. And I remember that being the first funeral I went to and realising I thought it was only old people who died. And that was, you know, this is naive of me because it's not the case, but I remember that was when death really hit me and realised that it doesn't matter what age. Um, and so when I became a Christian, one of the first th memories that came up of my past was that and just reminded me how short time is and life is and how, um, you know, you could walk across, you know, I've almost been hit crossing the crossing here like it's, you know we never know when's going to be our last step our last breath mm. our last day um so yeah so church planning definitely is in that, that vein of that urgency it's interesting how god's like almost as before we become a christian he's almost setting the stage mm. for us to come to the moment where you do become a christian yeah and that yeah. sounds like for you that was one of those those yeah. times yeah uh and you also spoke before about in your ministry travels uh, trying new things out and experimenting and uh, perhaps making some mistakes and, and learning from that. When you started planting, because you've, you've planted two of our gatherings, which yep. is Woolaware, which became Cronulla, and also Yarrawarra, yep. what do you think you've learnt from that and going forward if we do it again? Because you're a planting pastor. We, we're trying to plant more yeah, gatherings. Yeah. We've yep. planted another gathering in West Ride. Yep. What do you think we've learnt from from doing those yeah uh that's probably a whole nother podcast um <laughs> I, I think um i think we had a 
uh, I think spending more time with our team than what we did mm-hmm. um, early on. Uh, we had a great team, but we probably uh, it would have been might have been more helpful actually spending a bit more time together before uh, launching. Um, is that like the youth ministry thing of doing ministry as friends? Yeah, like just yeah. Trying to build yeah. relationships and we, before. Like, and we were all in different. Like one of the things with youth ministry, which you know you touched on before, how we all followed year groups through, which meant that we um, we were all in Bible study together. Um, and I think yeah, having maybe you know maybe not have been might not have been actually having like formal meetings together, but maybe being in Bible study as a team together uh, during the week, and then coming on Sunday. Uh, to, to do that um, might have been a you know one of those things that would have been helpful um, in those early stages definitely yeah right so uh, just making sure that you're really tight as a team yeah but also some, just like looking after each other yeah I think there's something about studying the word together as a as a Bible study that brings you closer and then you can really minister out of that mm. instead of trying to do all that minister and encourage each other in the word there do you know mm. what I mean mm. um so yeah, that's that's one of the things I reckon we've probably learnt. Do you have any regrets with church planning? No, not uh, no. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. I think um, I don't think so. Because, mainly because I I enjoy trying things. Mm. I enjoy uh, you know if something doesn't work. I'm, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, well, that didn't work, and let's try something else. Well, the third space studio is a great example of that. You're like, I'm just going to try this and yeah, we've yeah, been using yeah. it for months. Yeah, <laughs> but there's some things that need fixing and you know, yeah. those sort of things. But, um, and I think that's, you know, that's it. I like, I like thinking creatively to solve problems um, and sometimes those, prob- those solutions cause other problems or maybe they're not per- the, the right solution. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. I, the, the experimenting is, is definitely something that I enjoy with our church planning. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, you know, I don't, I don't know if I regret anything per se. Mm, that's None, good. Not that I can think of it. Well, moment. that's probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is raining on Sorrow Revival Church now too, so it's, yeah. not, it's not bad audio. I'm going to ask you the final question though, because yep. as we start to wrap it up, when you look back over your time at being a Christian mm-hmm. so far, since you became a Christian when you were 19, yep. what do you wish your, you could tell your younger Christian self? My younger Christian self. Well, from what you know now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would tell myself to keep going. I Persevere. Think, yeah, I yeah. think um, I think I would encourage myself to um, not be concerned about what my family and friends say about mm. me, because when I became a Christian, not only my parents were like what I said before um, all my friends disowned me because I wasn't going out drinking with them anymore and so I lost my entire friendship group in one night and so um, so I think I, w- I would have I would give myself some encouragement over that mm. I think yeah. um, and to keep going and to keep reading like I was it's, it's, it's a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true well like doesn't no, I mean Jesus says you have to give away your mother and your father to follow, yeah. like to follow yeah. him, yeah, and so that's yeah. well, quite it's, quite true for you. Well, and yeah. look, in all that too, my biological father got in contact with me oh, right. during like my early stages of marriage. So that would have been sort of maybe mid 2000, 2000 uh, maybe like two thousand five, somewhere around there. Mm. Yeah, maybe a bit earlier. Um, and I think if I wasn't a Christian, I would have handled that very, very differently. Very, yeah. very differently. Yeah. Um, and I think that because I 
because I learned what it is, what forgiveness really looks like. I, if I hadn't learned that, I would have struggled. Mm. Yeah. To be able to forgive mm. a man who wasn't asking for forgiveness. And Just so, getting back in contact. Because, do you he, mind if I? Say like he said he, he didn't you say he just turned up at your work one day? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. turned up and said I'm your dad, and I went, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking like me. Well, he's a lot shorter than I am. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you're real tall. Yeah, yeah. All my like I'm this abnormality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm one of only like three people we can trace down in either side of my family that's over six foot. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah, so that was, that was, I was very thankful for a boss that I had at the time when I was working in Karen Bar, who was a Christian, and said, just take all the time you need. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, that was a big moment. Big Mm. moment. Well, as we, well, thank you for sharing, by the way. As we wrap up the chips, uh, I I made the point earlier is like, how many other skills do you have? Well, you're now a church pastor and also a church planner, but then you've got your sporting abilities, your handyman skills. And your graphic design ability. But your, I think... You know, your dad. A dad. A friend. Yep. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. very uh, very uh, full toolbox <laughs> of abilities. Handy, very handy. And very well. handy as well, right? <laughs> but what really got me was, um, Joy, is that <coughs> when you're saying the, the spiritual father thing. And yeah. I think that I know that how important that's been to you. You talked about uh, Stu preaching on that. Mm. Uh, I keep being that. But I think also the way that Jesus has changed you from what your beginning what your beginning was and the way that he's changed you will have mm. like a I love the way that Jesus can impact us from non Christian families have generational impact yeah. and, and people will know him a lot more. Yeah. And I just like and almost in that also in that is like talking about like you've been a spiritual father to me because of the way that you led me. Which is like to know what you experience and then to be passing it on and then also now church planning being a spiritual father to other people I think that's really mm. awesome so mm. yeah. I think that's been a great encouragement and you said this was going to be boring and I don't think it was boring at all <laughs> and so I just want to <laughs> I just want to thank you for sharing we appreciate you pleasure yeah we appreciate you here at Sorrow Evolved Church yeah uh, appreciate your work boys no worries at all <laughs> well let's wrap up the unsalted chips <laughs> wow <laughs> No sauce. It's interesting. Yeah, that doesn't feel like it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Braden, Thank for you. your time on the podcast. And thanks again, Joy. And Thank we always you. finish with a one way. One way. One way.